Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. When we understand this revelation of what God's plan is for us, hmm, Satan has no hold on you. And what I mean by Satan, meaning you won't yield your life to Satan. Because that's really the only way he has a hold on your life, is how you yield to him. The Bible says this in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. See, God's plan for you is to have dominion. Dominion. Say, God's plan for me is to have dominion. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth. Say, all the earth. And over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And verse 28 says, and God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. What is the word that the Lord has given us as a church? Multiplication. Multiplication. We are seeing it this year. God gave his word prophetically to me at the beginning of November last year that this was going to be a year of multiplication. That your life was going to be multiplied. That people are going to commit themselves to the discipleship and to the development and the spiritual transformation of God's word in their life. That people that were lost were going to be saved. We were going to see more saved souls in this year than we've ever seen prior years. We were going to see miracles, signs, and wonders. God's working in his church. But it was going to be how we steward God's word. How are you stewarding God's word today? How are you stewarding it? Stewarding it. It's a weird word to say sometimes. Stewarding. Today, is it the same as it was at the beginning of the year? Where are you at in your life with Christ right now? Was it the same it was last month or the month prior? And when I say the same, what do I mean by that? Have you grown up? Have you matured? Have you developed a fellowship and an intimate relationship with God more than you did at the beginning of the year? You're saying, well, I don't know. Then my question to you is, where is your priority today? What do you believe today? Who is your Lord today? The Bible says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over every living thing that moves on earth. Psalms chapter 8 verse 4 says, what is a man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Verse 5 says, yet you made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the work Works of your hands, you have put all things under his feet. All things. 
Why? Because he has given you dominion. You have dominion. Now, that word dominion means to rule, to dominate. Wow. To tread down, to prevail, to reign, to rule, to take over. Say, I'm taking over. How do you know you're taking over? Because of who you are in Christ Jesus. Now, before I jump ahead of myself, let's read Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 3, we see where we, as a human race, lose our dominion. In verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than all the other beasts of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. Here is Eve having a conversation with the devil. It says that he was cunning. He was crafty. He knew how to get into her mind. He knew how to speak to her. Satan is still cunning and crafty today. And if you're not careful, if you don't know who you are in Christ, if you don't have any solid foundation of God's word in you, you will fall under the dominion that Satan has. Now, what do I mean, Satan's dominion? Okay, well, let's continue to read. In verse 4, it says, But the servant said to the woman, You will surely not die. You will not surely die. Verse 5, For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So he's telling Eve, guess what? If you eat it, no, 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 no. You're going to be just like God. You're going to know good and evil. You're going to have knowledge. You're going to come into the full knowledge that God has. And so what did Eve do? Well, when she saw that the tree was good for eating, for food, and that it was a delight to her eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, those three different areas, the tree was good for food, it was a delight to the eyes, and the tree was to be desired to make her wise or knowledgeable or have understanding, she took of its fruit and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Now, this isn't a scripture for husbands to use to blame your wife for everything. It's not. Verse 7 says, then the eyes of both of them were, what? Opened. And they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. So they they both ate of this apple because of the deception and the manipulation of Satan, the craftiness, and then they came into the full knowledge of good and evil. They didn't know they were naked before, but now they knew they were naked. All they knew was what God told them, have dominion over every single thing of the earth. It's yours. They were already, if I could say it in this light, leading or ruling and reigning on the earth. Now, some would say that, well, that, that means they were God of the earth. Now, I'm not going to necessarily say that because there's a lot of controversial with that. But they were leading and ruling and reigning on the earth. They had dominion. Earth was theirs. God made it for them. But now, because of falling into the temptation and giving in 
to the craftiness and the deception and the lie of the enemy, dominion was no longer theirs. They lost it. And who took over? Satan. Satan took over. How do I know this? We'll go to Luke chapter 4, verse 5. Speaking of Jesus, it said, Then he led Jesus up to a high mountain, Satan did, and he displayed before him all the kingdoms of the inhabited earth and their magnificence in a twinkling of an eye. See, Satan brings him up to this high place and shows him all the kingdoms. He shows him Everything that he rules over, well, why would I say that? Well, if you continue to read in verse 6, it says, And the devil said, I will give you all this realm and its glory, its power, its renown, because it has been handed over to me. That's the amplified version. It has been handed over to me, and I give it to whoever I wish. Wow. Satan is telling Jesus, I have all this authority because I took it from your creation. I took it from Adam and Eve. They fell into the lie. And he's put it in front of his face saying, look, you can have it back. And how can he have it back? Well, he says this. If you will worship before me, it will be all yours. You got to remember, Jesus was a man. He hasn't had food. Now, he does have the spirit of God in him. But I feel like that temptation would have sounded good. He could have got back the dominion that Satan stole from humanity in that moment. But see, Jesus already knew his purpose and plan was that whenever he died, that he was going to defeat death, hell, and the grave, and he was going to steal the keys. And then his resurrection, well, death wasn't even going to have a sting over our life anymore. But in that moment, he could have. Think about even the craftiness and the deception in that moment that Satan tried to make it look to Jesus. I have all this kingdom because I took it from your creation, from God's creation. Look at me now. But you could have it in a moment if you would worship. And what does Jesus say? Well, get behind me, Satan. You shall worship the Lord your God and serve only him. So he didn't fall into the temptation. Now, Believers are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Everyone knows this, right? We're seated far above all powers and principalities of darkness. No demon can deter you, the believer, who is seated with Christ far above all works of the enemy. Hallelujah. So our seating and reigning with Christ in heavenly places is a position of authority, it's a position of honor, and it's a position of triumph. You have authority, you are, have honor, And you are triumphing through Jesus Christ. Not failure, not depression, not defeat. Since the church of the Lord Jesus Christ has triumphed and victory over and has victory over the devil and every single demonic force, all his cohorts, and every encounter, every encounter, why does it seem so many believers are subjected to Satan and his deceptions? Why? Whether or not you as a believer are victorious over the devil, come on, you're victorious over the devil, it depends on what you view yourself as a church. Who are you? There are three different types of churches. The militant church, the defeated church, or the triumphant church. 
The militant church, it depicts a body of believers who are not yet seated in heavenly places in Christ and are still battling, waging war, and trying to gain victory over an enemy that is already defeated. They think that the enemy has not yet been defeated by our Lord Jesus Christ. Read Ephesians and you'll know that's not true. The defeated church, it also gives a picture of the church which is ignorant of the fact that they are seated with Christ and that they are supposed to be reigning in life through Christ Jesus because they are ignorant of their position in Christ or they have never used the authority that's been given to them through Jesus or through what they really possess as believers. This is the defeated church. Now, the triumphant church, which by God I pray that is us, are constantly ravaged by the wiles of Satan and are in a state of continual failure and defeat. But the, sorry, hold on. Error, typo error. Let me finish this. The defeated church is also constantly ravaged by the wiles of Satan and are in a state of continual failure and defeat. There you go. The triumphant, triumphant church, though, is a biblical perspective of the body of Christ seated with Christ in heavenly places far above all powers and principalities, Ephesians 1, 3 and Ephesians 2, 6, the triumphant church scripturally portrays a body of believers who not only know but exercise. Not only know but exercise. There's a lot of people that have knowledge but don't exercise. You can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't apply, if you don't use it, what good is it? I'm talking about the plan of man, God's plan and purpose for you to have dominion. Now, right now, we're at a place where we understand Satan took dominion from the earth. He's tempted Jesus with it. But hold on. They exercise their authority in Christ, and therefore, they reign victorious, victoriously in life through Christ Jesus over Satan, who is a defeated foe. Say, Satan... You're defeated. See, we need to be fully convinced of the authority that is ours because of the victory Jesus has already won for us over all the power of the enemy, all the power. See, the only way we can have confidence in our authority over the enemy is to know and walk in the light of God's word. You got to walk in the light of the written word of God. See, you have dominion through Christ. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, it says, He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing, triumphing over them. Who did this? Jesus. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. We can submit to a yoke of slavery if we wanted to? Yeah. You have a choice of what you're going to believe. You have a choice of where you're going to stand. You know, the reality is I haven't said anything special. I've just read scripture to you. That's all it is. And what I mean by that is if you would just take time and read the word of God, you don't have to necessarily hear, listen to a podcast or watch a YouTube video. You could just spend time in his word. Man, it would make you happy. Because it will produce life in you. 
Who is Satan? Now, we're going to go through who Satan is. I think it's going to be fun because you don't hear much about this. See, in the Garden of Eden, we get a glimpse of Lucifer or Satan. As he was called after his expulsion and fall from heaven, this passage right here in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, it reveals Satan's nature and his character after his fall. See, the Bible says the serpent was more subtle than any beast or crafty than any beast which filled which, uh, or, or, than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And once tempted, Eve told God, this serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. See, it was showing Satan's craftiness and his deceptive nature. See, once an anointed cherub in the mountain of God, Satan was cursed by God and took the form of a serpent. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, you are cursed above all cattle, above every beast of the field, and upon thy belly shall thou go, and dust shall thou eat all the days of your life. That's Genesis chapter 3, verse 14. And so what do scriptures say regarding Satan's nature and character? Well, first one, he's an adversary. In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, your adversary, the devil, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, who he may devour. Number two, he's a thief. It's the Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 10, that the thief cometh to steal and to kill and destroy. The third one, he's a murderer and a liar. In John 8, 44, it says, Yea, the scribes and the Pharisees are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he is a liar and the father of it. Revelation 12, 10, it says that he is the accuser of the brethren. See, the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which has accused them before our God day and night. Next, he is an angel of light. What number is this? One, two, three, four, five, five. He, or sorry, number five is he is the deceiver. And the great dragon, Revelation 12, 9, was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and the Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. Number six, an angel of light. For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. This is 2 Corinthians 11, verse 4. See, as a deceiver, Satan transformed himself into an angel of light. Wow. As a deceiver, he transformed into an angel of light. Number seven, he is the prince of this world. John 12, 31, John 14, 30, John 16, 8, and John 11 says, Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. I'm just giving you names and character and the nature of him real quick. He is, number eight, the prince of the power of the air. This is found in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. It says, in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that that now worketh in the children of disobedience. And the last one, he is the God of this world system. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. What do you believe today? See, if people understood that Satan is the God of this world, because he is, it would be clear, it would clear up a lot of confusion that you have about why evil exists on the earth. God didn't author and make evil. Satan did. Don't be confused today. It is not God causing all the issues on the earth. It is Satan. 
This is his domain, and it won't change until Christ Jesus comes back. But don't be scared. Don't be fearful. I'm about to give you some hope for the believer. So Satan took Adam's place of dominion and authority on the earth. But is that the end of it? No. (laughs) No, it's not. It's not the end of it. See, God sent Jesus on the earth to redeem mankind and to restore to man his lost dominion and authority on the earth. He restored to you the lost dominion and authority that God rightly gave to you through Adam and Eve. And he did this through the second man, Adam, Jesus Christ. See, and as a man exercises the authority he has been given in Christ, he fulfills God's plan and purpose and will on the earth. You've got to exercise your dominion. Exercise it. Dominion is rule, reign. You're ruling and reigning on this earth. Then why are you walking defeated? Hmm. It's because you don't know what you have or you choose not to know. But I would say it's the latter. It's just you just don't know. Satan is one being. He's not omnipresent like God. He can't be everywhere at once. So usually what you're dealing with, I can be honest with you, is one or two things. First and foremost, it's your flesh. It's your flesh. This is why the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, to not be conformed to this world, but be renewed, or but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformation happens not in your spirit, but in your body, in your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. And this is where Satan attacks. So the first thing is your flesh. The other, it could be a demonic spirit because of what you yield to. Yes, there are demons on the earth. How do I know this? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Wow, it's not a fleshly battle. It's a spiritual battle. Your fight or your battle, if you want to get into that aspect, it's not a fleshly battle. It is a spiritual battle. And I'm going to help you and help somebody in here. It's not about how yell you or how loud you yell and how hard you praise and how hard and loud you get when you're shouting unto God and standing in the gap. No. You know what it is? Resting. Seated with him. You know what that looks like? Rejoicing. It is finished. It is done. See, until Adam's lease runs out, that is until the time we know it comes to an end and Satan receives God's final judgment, Satan has authority to be here. That's just the truth. He has authority to be here. See, remember in the New Testament when Jesus would enter into the synagogue, many times people who were possessed with demons would cry out, what have we do with thee, Jesus, as son of God? Have you come here to torment us before it's time? Time for what? time for him to return. They know that their time's coming up. So while you're in fear and in agony and depression and scared, can I tell you that the thing that's causing terror to you, they're in fear. They're fearful because they know where they're going. See, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says this, 
And this talks about Satan's kingdom is not only on the rim of the world, but it also includes the regions known in the Bible as high places or the heavenlies. Now, I'm not going to get into the different types of heavens because that's not what this is for today. I was going to, but I'm not going to. But I want to say this. The Bible even says it emphatically that Satan is also in high places, meaning he's not in hell. He's on the earth, but he's also in high places. Now, we're going to break down four different ranks of Satan's demonic, whatever, his, his guys, his people, his minions. In verse 12, it says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, that's the first one, against powers, that's the second one, against rulers of the darkness of this world, of this world, and then the last one, against spiritual wickedness or wicked spirits in high places in the heavenlies. Four different ones. So another word of saying this, another way of saying the spiritual wickedness in high places is wicked spirits in the heavenlies. So we could read this verse, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against wicked spirits in the heavenlies. Therefore, we now know that Satan rules in the heavenlies. See, below, we have this. There's four different ranks. And they're going from greatest to least in power. You ready? First one, wicked spirits or spiritual wickedness in high places, which is the greatest rank. And this highest class exists in the heavenlies, not on the earth. Number two, rulers of the darkness of this world. Now, this is the next class of demons, and they deal with people or believers on the earth. This is the highest class of demons, and they have to deal with people on the earth, believer or unbeliever. Third, powers. The next class or category, these are dominated by and receive their instruction from the rulers of the darkness of this world. So they're on earth as well. And then the last one, principalities, which is the lowest class, they are ruled over and dominated by other classes and do very little thinking on their own. Now, why am I explaining this to you? It's good for you to have an understanding of what God has taken care of. What do I mean taking care of? He's taking care of them. He's taking care of it. The Bible says this in Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. 1 verse 13. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son? We are children of light. We have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness. Now, light and darkness in the Bible is referenced as knowledge, light, and ignorance, darkness. You have come to the knowledge and the understanding of who Jesus is. You've come to the understanding of God's word. The gospel has been revealed to you. And therefore, as you have believed it and received it, you are no longer in the dark. You're no longer ignorant. But you are in the light. Can I get an amen? See, the only place rulers of darkness aren't ruling is where light has come. Is where light has come. And what light? The light of education? The light of silence? No, the light 
of the gospel. See, the word says that believers are children of light, not of darkness, as 1 Thessalonians 5, 5, because we have been born again into God's kingdom of light. That's why it's so important to walk in the light. Walk in the light. Walking in the light of God's word ensures protection against all of Satan's evil cohorts. See, the devil can rule you if you unknowingly through ignorance of God's word or willingly give him permission to rule over you. Oh, he can rule you. Now think about this. If God is a God of the kingdom of God, if he is the Lord, if he is the ruler, and Satan is the God of this world and this earth, this is where his dominion is, do not be shocked when an unbeliever acts like Satan because that is their father. I don't say that in a hateful way. I don't say that in a mean way. It's just what it is. Satan is God of this world, and who is ever not a believer, well, they're under the dominion of Satan. You were once under the dominion of Satan. But when you came into the knowledge of God's word, and it illuminated in you, and you came into the, be the light, the children of light, you're no longer under his dominion. You're no longer in darkness. Why is it important to know? It's important to know because when you're dealing with people that are in darkness, you know where to help them. You know how to get them out. It's the gospel. This is why you can't just have a talk, well, let me help them. Let me try to get them to, you know, let's debate about this. Let's argue about this. Or let's, let's get them to a conclusion about who God is. No, you got to love them through the word of God. You got to bring them the truth. And the good thing is the Holy Spirit will lead you in how to do that. He will teach you how to be relevant. He will teach you how to be loving. He will teach you how to have empathy, how to do it the right way. He will. But let me just help you. Some people are going to reject you. Some people are not going to want to listen. Some people are even going to revile you. Some people are even going to attack you. You know why? Because they're under the influence of Satan. The Bible says this. That even a believer could be ruled over unknowingly through ignorance of God's word. They can willingly give them permission. That's why have you ever felt pressure in your life? Have you ever felt, like, man, I just feel like, man, there's something going on. I feel a spirit. I remember one time I was 14 years old. Somewhere around there, 13 or 14, my brother played video games. And he played some pretty just gory games. And one day me and my mom were in the kitchen. And we felt like the hair on our back go up. And my mom looks up, and she sees a little demon crawling out of the stairs, running out of the house. My mom immediately starts praying in the Holy Ghost. And as she's praying in the Holy Ghost, she's going to my brother's room, and immediately she knows in her spirit that it's the games that he's playing. See, this demonic spirit was attached to those games. And you say, oh, man, that's just super religious. That's overboard. Why would it be overboard? Why would that be over-spiritualizing things? If Satan is the, has dominion and he is the God of this world, why would he not use something so small? I mean, you tell me. If you have a good argument for me and you can show me something in the Bible where that wouldn't be true, show me. Because I believe as a church we have gotten away from that to where we wanted to act more like the world. I mean, what happened to holiness? Is there something wrong with it? What happened to the way we communicate, the way we live our life, the way we walk? 
You are children of light. You're supposed to walk different. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, go there real quick. Let me help you. And you say, man, this is confronting me. I understand. I get it. It confronts me too. It's hard sometimes. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. Whose possession? His own. Not your own. You are not your own. I don't care how much money you got, how good looking you are. You're not your own possession. He owns you. If you've given your life to him, he rules and reigns over you. Now, you have an option to allow him to rule or reign, and you can choose and pick what you don't want him to rule over. We do that. We're good at it. But let me just help you. In the areas you don't allow him to rule and reign over you, guess what? That's where the enemy comes in. That you may proclaim the excellency of him who called you out of darkness. Wow. He called you out of darkness. You're out of darkness. John verse 8, 12 says this. Then spoke Jesus again to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that follow me shall not walk in darkness. How do you want to not walk in darkness as a believer? Follow the light. Jesus told, there it is. Jesus told Satan what? Get behind me, Satan. It is written that man should worship God and God alone and serve him. Who are we worshiping? Who are you worshiping today? Who are you serving today? Who are you pursuing after today? Who are you following after today? When you follow after him, you won't want to walk in darkness. You won't walk in darkness. And it says that you shall have the light of life. That word life means Zoe, the life of God. The light of life. John 12, 35 says this, yet a little while is the light with you. Walk with him, or walk while you have the light, lest darkness comes upon you. Wow. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness comes upon you. For he that walks in darkness knoweth not where he goes. You can't see when you're walking in darkness. See, the enemy will lie to you. He will deceive you. He will manipulate you. Verse 36 says, while you have light, believe in the light, and that you may be the children of light. Verse 46 says, I am come a light into the world that whoever believes on me should not abide in darkness. The Bible says, when you abide in him, he will abide in you. If you're not abiding in him, where are you abiding at? Where are you at? Where are you dwelling at? Where are you staying at? Have you ever noticed that when things are going wrong in your life, the very first place that you turn away from is God? You say, well, that's not true. Is it not? I've seen people do it. The very thing that can help them, the very thing that has freed them, they walk away from it. It's because of the lie and the deception from the enemy. Ephesians 5, verse 14 says this, Wherefore you, he has said, Awake thou sleeper, and arise from the dead, spiritual darkness, and Christ shall give you light. 
Romans 13 verse 12 says, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let's put on the armor of light. I could continue just reading scriptures, and I will. I got two more. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 14 says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. For what fellowship hath, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? This is a challenging scripture. Because this attacks our fellowship and communion in the community that we have with people. If you are in fellowship and relationship with an unbeliever, what's the purpose of that relationship? When I was studying this, I knew, even in this scripture, I knew, man, I didn't want to say this scripture. <laughs> but it's in the Bible. Meaning, there's purpose in your relationships. They can either be of God or not of God. What fellowship does light have with darkness? And you say, well, man, that, that makes me, that puts me in a completely different group. I'm not better than those people. It's not about being better. It's not about even hating them. It's not even about opposing them or being against them. No, it's understanding the battle. It's understanding the spiritual battle. You say, well, I'm in the relationship and that fellowship with them so I can win them over for Christ. How long have you been in that relationship and how much have you talked about God to them? Do they know you're a Christian? Or do they, they have no clue of it? You're just like them. You do what they do. You act like they act. You say, man, well, you're, really, you're really coming at me. No, I'm not. It's the word. It's the word of God. See, this is what you've been, this is what you've given your life for. Let me help you today. God was not made for you. You were made for God. You can't Lord God, he lords you. When he revealed himself to Moses, he said, I am. Who's God? He is. Everything. I am. That's who God is. It's not about how can I make this Christianity thing, the word of God, church, how can I make it work for me? No. God, I'll do anything you want me to do. I'll love you with my whole heart, my mind, everything I have within me. I'll serve you, God. I'll let go of people I have to let go. I'll go where I have to go. I'll stop doing the things I don't need to be doing because I love you because you're the Lord of my life. Lord me. Rule over me. Reign over me. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.